0: Thank you for joining us on Inside EMS. Now the always entertaining Chris DeBallaro and the Ted Nugent of EMS, Kelly Grayson.
1: Man, I gotta tell you, I just love that music. What an interesting week going on in EMS. And lots of things to talk about, lots of things to talk about. I'm Chris, he's Kelly, and I think that one of the things that we really want to try to focus on is uh, kind of what's going on down here in Florida. But before we do that, here he is. That guy, that guy we love so much, Kelly Grayson.
0: Kelly, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just got, uh, just got through with our state EMS conference and able to get that off my plate and uh, um, finally a chance to relax a little bit.
1: So who do you got to know? Who do you got to know to uh, come down there and at <laughs> your state conference?
0: well you're 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 uh co-hosting with the de facto speaker share um so what the heck I, the what, what do I
1: gotta do what do I gotta do what is what is that Brian Griffin says well yeah who's likely <laughs> you yeah. gotta hump? who's likely you <laughs> gotta hump to get down there and speak well,
0: you gotta start being nicer to me on the podcast man it's uh that's one of the things right, um, i'll work on that I don't, uh, think, I'll,
1: I don't think I'll be all, speaking down there in Louisiana. then. yeah so
0: all all bribes graciously accepted our uh uh, the president of our EMS Instructor Society was elected to uh, president of the State EMS Association. So I am uh, fulfilling the rest of his term as uh, president of the EMS Instructor Society. Awesome. We're going to be Thank getting the speakers together for 2017.
1: That's so. awesome. So with that as well, I think we got to throw kudos your way. And I was very, very proud that my partner, ladies and gentlemen, was named the Louisiana paramedic of the year. And and what a great accomplishment, Kelly. And I got to tell you, I mean, we sit and we joke and, you know, we, we, we give each other a hard time, but being an educator, being a paramedic, uh, a very, very uh, deserving award. And uh, I'm proud. I mean, I'm proud to be your partner.
0: I I appreciate that man. It's it's um, i was thoroughly flattered and and shocked. Uh it's a nice book into my career. I I got uh I was uh, awarded uh EMS instructor of the year in 2002 and now in 2016 a uh, paramedic of the year and uh I I didn't see it coming. Um apparently several people nominated me and uh uh and then recruited my uh friends, family and loved ones to uh to write my introduction as as they were you know, saying the introduction, uh, it started to sound more and more like me, and I just started looking around at you people. So, y- y'all didn't, did you? And and they did. So, uh, I'm I'm humbled and, and grateful. It's a nice, nice. honor.
1: Well, uh, you know, I got to say again, congratulations, and uh, you know, it just goes to show the caliber of uh, ho- co-host. Co-host, and, and you, <laughs> yeah. you you keep me balanced. We're we're in the in the greatness of EMS royalty. But anyway, let's go ahead. I mean, Kelly, what what a horrible week, you know. We're we're talking oh, about, God, yeah. yeah. I think we've got to talk about what's going on down there in Orlando, and and then I think we need to segue of how that relates, kind of to EMS. But you know when we think about the the mass shootings that are going on around the united states you know specifically orlando now and you know we had san bernardino and you know we're starting mm-hmm. to see more and more of these shooters that are going in in the name of terrorism and, uh, you know, hurting our citizens, and, you know, as EMS providers, I think we've got to be, you know, concerned about what's going on, because really, is it the uh, if or the when that this comes to our community, that we're going to have to deal with this type of uh, action, you know?
0: Yeah, it's, you know, if it weren't weren't plain to you before, it should be plain now that the world is not a safe place, uh, and that uh, evil does not wear a sign, Uh, you can't, Avoid them, they look just like you or I uh, until they lash out and commit an atrocity um, and whether this was was uh homophobia uh, or or sudden jihad syndrome or or if he used the the sudden jihad syndrome as an excuse to uh to uh lash out against gays um, uh, remains to be seen but but uh no matter what his motivation was it it was a hateful act it was an evil act and uh what we're going to struggle with as a society is, is how to identify those people and limit their impact on our society uh, and there's there's a whole lot of beef, whole lot of infighting to be done over how to best accomplish that. I hope we can just remain civil to one another uh, and and have a productive discussion about how we can accomplish a, a shared goal.
1: Yeah, well, we know that's not going to happen so let me let me ask you this question. <laughs> when you first heard this, I'd be interested to know your first thoughts about it.
0: Uh, when I first heard about it, um, I was, you know, I, I can't say that I was shocked. Uh, you're looking for these kind of things. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's not if it's when the next one will happen. Um, and, uh, you know, I, uh, collecting my thoughts here. I, I, I really don't have words to describe how I felt um, I knew that, uh, uh, when I heard the, the death toll, uh, and how many he had injured, uh, honestly, my, my first thought was, uh, and the same as it was for San Bernardino and in the church shooting and, and in Sandy Hook and everything else is that, uh, yet another, uh, gun-free zone has been, uh, violated by someone who has not stopped by a sign. Um, and, uh, I'm I'm not gonna get political with this. I'll I'll keep my political opinion to myself and, and uh and uh we'll try to discuss productively what can be done to decrease hate amongst us. But um that was my, my first thought is that uh uh nobody was able to fight back and they were just slaughtered by sheep and, and no one, no matter what your your race, creed, sexual orientation, whatever no human being uh, deserves or or has that sort of thing coming, um, and it's something we should all condemn. Uh, that's just, uh, how to how to describe it beyond that, I, I I have no words for. Yeah, I mean it was certainly
1: you know one of the things that I found interesting. Of course, you know when you start to, and here's one of the things that I think is important. One of the things that I used to do as an EMS leader as a best practice is this, and and you know you may want to bring this into your organizations and yeah. try this as well. So. I think we have to prepare for when these issues happen in our own backyard. Now, i got to tell you, man, Ferguson, Missouri was one of those things that popped up that we were uh, unprepared for, you know, we didn't know how to deal with, you know, we kind of, what worked for us today uh, didn't work for us tomorrow. But as a best practice, one of the things that we used to do is when these things used to happen, and I think I started it with the Aurora shooting, is I would get the workforce and the leadership team in a room I would play the 911 tapes and I would say okay now this just happened at the corner of blank and blank in our coverage area and this is what we know so far what's the plan of how we're going to do this and mm-hmm. even with the Orlando shooting of going into a nightclub you know going into a mall going into a, a a movie theater going into a church how are you now going to use this as an opportunity to prepare your organization for when this happens in your backyard. Th- this is a great way now to look at your plan of attack if, yeah. if terrorism happens. But here's one of the things that I took from this Kelly is I am a little concerned with the focus of the shooting, meaning that a lot of people have now brought focus to, you know, to the to the gay community and have said, you know, this is a hate crime and instead of it being that a terrorist a homegrown terrorist killed American citizens. I think we're making it you know into something that's going to just one group of people. If we were treating everybody equally from the very very beginning, would we necessarily be saying you know it's a it's a hate crime against blacks or the gays or the whatever it is, and are we missing the bigger picture here to say this is just a terrorist attack against American citizens?
0: it you know I believe it was a terrorist attack against american citizens but but i don't think that that it being a terrorist attack and a hate crime are mutually exclusive things uh, the shooter's ex wife has has come out and said on Brazilian television that uh, she believed he was gay uh, and there's been some allegations uh, uh, that his father engaged in, in gay shaming and and you know there's uh, There's probably no more homophobic person than a closeted gay man. Who loathes uh, his his true self, uh, and that's a sad thing that that society teaches us that that uh, the way you were born is is uh, justification for hating yourself uh, and then lashing out at others, um, you know. And and it may have been that that he was a, a closeted gay man and and uh, unable to accept himself as he was and, and used, uh, uh, you know, Islamic teaching radical islamic teaching to uh, as his excuse to lash out uh be that as it may um whether it was a terrorist attack or or just a a, a madman engaging in a, uh, a mass shooting against people he thought were justifiable targets um is uh you know it's something we're going to have to deal with and and you know you mentioned how how we can streamline and 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 uh um make more efficient our ems response by by trying to learn the lessons of each of these events um i'd add to that that we also need to, to try to learn the lessons uh of what it does to us as responders to to respond to those events um nancy has family that responded to to sandy hook uh and they still can't talk about it um and and you know recently on the in the in the past few days there's been the uh the paramedic who who uh gave the the play by play or the the uh um blow by blow replay of what was going on as he responded in in Orlando um and Justin Shore wrote about uh uh one person writing about the the most horrific thing was not the the blood and the bodies it was the ringing cell phones you know you're 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 standing amidst all that carnage and all these innocent people taken and their phones are ringing from uh from their loved ones trying to get in touch with them you know they've heard about it on the news and they're trying to see if they're okay and and just standing there and listening to those phones ring knowing that they're not going to be okay and uh they're never going to answer that phone again is, has got to be something that, that rips at the soul of, of the providers who, who responded. So not only do you have to be ready for the event should it occur, but you need, you need plans in place to take care of your people afterwards because it's going to be one of those things that, uh, that uh, they never are a- able to forget. We just have to help them deal with the psychological and emotional trauma.
1: Yeah, I've got to agree with you 100%. And, you know, it was a very, very compelling, uh, um, you know, article, you know, and, and one of the things that he says, you would think that, a, you know, one of the things that in that article uh, that was said was, uh, in the cell phone ringing was, you would think that, a, you know, that a scene like that is going to be quiet and somber, and it really isn't. And, and when you think retrospectively, um, you know, that people know that, uh, you know, loved ones knew that folks were in that club, that uh, they're trying to get in touch to make sure everybody's okay. It would be pretty chaotic, and I think that that would, mm-hmm. you know, send chills down your back. I think that you would, you know, feel some, uh, you know, a, a lot of sorrow, and uh, it would be a very very tough situation. But uh, let's go ahead, Kelly, and I want to focus on the. You know, there's been a lot of emphasis on this being a hate crime, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a hate crime in the Charleston church shooting, and it's a hate crime in Orlando. Uh, you know, in the gay community. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about, Kelly, it, it, especially in the past few weeks, was what was going on in Fairfax, Virginia. Now, we don't know for sure if bullying caused, you know, the the death of this mm-hmm. uh, female paramedic, the suicide of this female paramedic. Mm-hmm. But now, when we start to talk about hate crime and talk about hate crimes and bullying and talk about hate crimes in you know, in killing, you know, folks in the gay community... There was an interesting article that came out on EfficientGov, and we'll put the link in the show notes, mm-hmm. and one of the things that it talks about is recent first responders thought leadership on handling hate is how can firefighters, police departments, and paramedics address diversity acceptance within their own ranks and manage handling hate crimes? You know, if we're here pointing a finger to say this was a hate crime against you know the, the gay community... Do we have to now do work within our own career field to learn how to accept diversity and learn how to manage hate uh within our own career field?
0: Yes. Yes, of course we do. You know, we're 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 a segment of society. We're you know, we're a representative of society at large. Uh we have within our own profession uh the same issues that society at large has. You know, and, and if if uh, ostracism and bullying and 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 uh, uh, hate crimes are are a problem for society at large, and I believe they are. I just don't necessarily agree with our approach to to dealing with the problem. Uh, then then it's also a problem within your own agency um, and. I think within your own agency as a as a leader, um, you probably have more effect uh and greater effect on, on uh combating harassment and bullying and and hate crimes uh than than our elected leaders who pass laws against it. Uh I think the rubber really meets the road when uh when you focus on interaction between two human beings and, and rather uh, than uh government fiat declaring something double plus uh you know ungood uh, uh because of what was going through the mind of the harasser um so you know it's it's uh you know to quote those uh um to quote those noted philosophers, Bill and Ted, uh, all of this could be solved if we would just be excellent to each other. Uh, but it, you know, it doesn't seem to work that way. Um, uh, I think it's human nature that we uh, um, we focus more on our differences than our commonalities, uh, and that has been true since the dawn of man. Uh, one just hopes that we will eventually. Um, you know, learn to evolve beyond that, uh, and and put an end to the tribalism that divides us rather than unites us. I think that was very uh, uh very well spoken. You got a pretty mouth when you
1: talk like that, but you know, <laughs> Kelly. But one of the things that I think you know, we're on the front lines of seeing these things. We're on the front lines yeah. of Ferguson, Missouri's, and the Orlando shootings, and the San Bernardino's. How can we now? You know, and I think that you and I are just pontificating. Certainly we're not going to come up with answers of, of how we fix our career field and, and, you know, how we, you know, accept diversity and how we, you know, handle, uh, bullying and hate crimes in our own career field. But, is it really to the individual or does there need to be a, 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 you know, like a more of a global focus to say, this is the subject of the year. This is the subject of the month. And and what are we doing to kind of, you know, move away from this? But we're seeing these shootings and we're seeing the maimings and we're seeing the the bodies laying on the floor and the cell phones ringing. And, but yet we still treat our own people like they're second class citizens. And uh, Mm -hmm. I really don't understand how we can't, put one and one together to
0: make two. Well, you know, I I've always believed and and will believe till the to the end of my days that that you cannot legislate morality. Um you can you can penalize what you what society genera uh you can penalize what society deems an immoral act, you can you can make it illegal, but you cannot by law make someone be a nice person it's just impossible it it, it it cannot be done however um so so the legislative solution to this is is to my mind ineffective um but we can in our teaching and in raising our children and in our interactions with other with other people um at least learn to to be accepting and and, and embracing of, of others and not fear them. Uh, you know, I, I think ultimately fear uh, arises from ignorance. Um, we fear what we don't know. And if you knew the people that you were demonizing and dehumanizing as, as different than you, uh, you wouldn't be so likely to lash out against them. You know, I, I'm a white male southern heterosexual redneck i I can't i don't support hate crime legislation because I, i think that it 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 punishes people adds additional penalty for what was going through your head in other words it punishes thought crime and that's just antithetical to me but on the other hand i I'm not one of those ostracized groups, so I can't pretend to know what it's like to, to be uh, bullied and harassed because of who I am. So um, I, I'm kind of torn on that issue, but the bottom line is, is, is no matter what your color or your sexual orientation or anything else, um, we're all human beings. We all have a right to, to uh, safety and security and, uh, and the right to be loved and and we're just not practicing that right now and and uh, how we we go about fixing it i think starts with the individual I, I really do i think it starts with the individual that's how you you talk about you know Changing society and, and as a global view of uh, or uh, a global uh, focus on this sort of thing, uh, I think it it has to start with the individual. That's how grassroots movements are born. Uh, that's how society changes. Is, is individuals within that society decide uh, no more. This is not acceptable. We do not we do not uh, support this, and we're going to condemn it wherever we see it and and uh if if every individual did that, then society would change
1: yeah so. I, I think that one of the things that is a challenge as well is that the leadership in our career field <laughs> in public safety is not valuing their people enough to allow these mm-hmm. uh, you know these um and i'm gonna call it i mean it, it is a hate crime I mean you know I, as a chief of e m s when I was at Christian hospital. I had, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I had employees that were African American. I had employees that were Hispanic, that were female, that were openly gay, and it, it, our our development of, of a successful department really came around the focus of building a community. And building a family and building a workforce that we were not going to allow people to talk about other people. We were not going to allow rumors to precipitate. And I was one of those leaders where if I heard a rumor that I thought was going to be hurtful to the organization, to the department, or to individuals, I would go to people and say, where did you hear that rumor? Well, I heard it from so-and-so. Kelly, where did you hear that rumor? Well, I don't remember. Well, then it was you, and you need to stop making these rumors. <laughs> and yeah. but if we're not tracking that down, and we're, if we're not building community, and we're not breaking the culture down of accepting diversity, uh, of handling people's sexual orientations, you know, we shouldn't even be in, in the year twenty sixteen. We shouldn't even be talking about that. Uh, you know, the you know the the people were killed because they were gay. We should be talking about that that, that citizens were killed. And mm-hmm. I think that we're putting a lot of focus on, you know, people's orientation or people's color. And I think that we need to just start seeing people for who they are and not mm-hmm. for what we think they are. And uh, that's really where I'm kind of com- uh, complexed with this whole thing.
0: Well – I want to I want to read you uh, just, just a brief, brief ex- ex- excerpt from a, a blog uh, of a friend of mine. It's called "The Adventures of Roberta X," and and I know Roberta. Uh, she's she's good people, uh, but she she wrote a blog post called "Don't Be That Guy." She starts off with, "So last weekend, a would-be terrorist struck, committing an atrocity with a horrific victim count. All decent people condemned the act and then promptly retreated to their ideological bunkers." We've been lobbing writings and memes at each other ever since, and we're not getting anywhere. Our fording up isn't even a response to one another as much as it is a response to the horror. And meanwhile, the survivors, a very mixed lot of humanity, are relegated to the background, part of the omnipresent TV wallpaper. Let's not be that way. Let's find more stuff more of us can agree on. Let's strive to treat others as we would like to be treated. Let's judge others by their actions and not their regrettable wardrobe, hair color, or body art choices, not who they vote for or who they date, not who their ancestors were or where they go to worship. Let's not look at the tags but at the person uh and that's that's poignant words that that uh resonate with me because you know i I think we can all evolve um. I think about the person uh, I was when I was a teenager in in high school and and, uh, the people I picked on because I was afraid of. uh, of, uh, I wanted to fit in. So when when people bullied other people who were uh, different than us or or maybe effeminate, I don't know if they were gay or not. Uh, I only know that that, uh, I did ugly things to them or said ugly things about them. And uh, I'm ashamed of the person that I was back then. Recently, uh, a very good friend died. Um, His name was Ray Carter. He started commenting on my blog. Uh, It turns out we started our blogs exactly the same day and were inspired by the the same person to start one. Um, And he started commenting on my blog uh, very early on. Uh, uh, His online handle was Gay Cynic. And he was a... uh, openly gay man living in Seattle, uh, and a registered Republican. (laughs) He detested both political parties for, for what they did and and how they used him and his sexuality. Uh, he, he, he detested the, uh, Republican right for, for co-opting his conservative principles and, and, and tainting it with, with homophobia, uh, and, uh, and religious, uh, uh, zealotry. And he hated, um, Democrats for for uh, eroding his personal rights and and taking his support of the Democratic Party for granted uh, because he was a gay man. Um, but he was my first openly gay friend. I've known gay people and 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 uh, all my life, but he was my first openly gay friend, and he taught me more about tolerance and acceptance uh, than. Any person, simply because he was what he was. He didn't apologize for it. He wasn't strident about it. Um, he was very matter of fact about who he was and what he believed in, uh, and he lived his principles. Um, didn't take me long to realize that that he was a a rational um, and and very well reasoned man. Uh, and and that's the kind of thing that I respond to as a, as a human being, is someone who has the, the courage and conviction of their principles, uh, but is also rational uh, and uh, reasoned about it and, and will engage you in, in a discussion rather than a, a name calling in an argument. Right. Um, and ultimately, Ray was, was just a person. He was a guy, you know. <laughs> he, that's, he that, was,
1: that's the secret right there. That's, that's, that's it, that's, Yeah. yeah
0: you know was i'll tell just you Just a guy we loved to go shoot we were we were both shooters and, and second amendment activists and and we'd go out and we'd turn expensive ammunition into smoke and noise and and have a great time doing it and he just happened to be gay
1: but here's the no problem big <laughs> here's the here's the thing is is we're not seeing people we're seeing no, we're, we're seeing we're gay seeing we're seeing black we're seeing jew we're seeing redneck we're not seeing uh, Ray. We're not seeing, you know, Kelly. We're not seeing... You know, mm-hmm. it, it was funny because, you know, I've... I've uh, um, one of the things that made me realize that I was being... I don't want to say... Uh, um, you know, I, I was acting differently around, you know, my friend who was uh, openly gay, is I said, oh, I have I have gay friends. And he yeah. shook my hand. He goes, well, thank you very much for what you're doing for us. and And I think that, <laughs> you know, but... I think that that was the the message was you know they're just your friends the, why are you labeling them to that that they're gay friends or they're black friends or they're Jewish friends they're just your friends and to me that was a very very big uh uh knock in the head to me that I was being ignorant you know I I, I should I should not have said that to him oh I have gay friends or I have black friends they're just my friends and I think we have to stop labeling people I think we have to get more diverse in our career fields. We have to get more diverse in our lives Mm -hmm. and we've got to accept people for people. You know, you're a libertarian, you know, uh, you know, I'm whatever it is. I am. I don't even know what the hell I am. You know, you have faith and I don't have faith and we're Mm -hmm. just people. We need to be able to respect ourselves as people and, you know, not try to change your belief and and just have fun and just enjoy what life is all about. And I think that this is where we're falling short in our career field that we have this, you know, magnanimous ego that we're better, or that we're, you know, that 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 people of color and people of uh, mm-hmm. different sexual orientations don't belong in our career field. And I think we have to change that structure. And uh, man, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm babbling, but I, I think this is a big issue in our career field.
0: Yeah, it it is, you know. And, and even even today, I I know paramedics that I work with who don't like working with men um and they'll say that you know it's because they're physically weak but i know that the women they've 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 been ugly too and they weren't physically weak they could do what we could do uh and and some of the best paramedics i know are are females um and uh we have um you know people i work with uh uh engaging gay slurs against uh, our gay coworkers. never Never to their face. They're not brave enough to do it to their face. But they'll talk about them behind their back. Um, and you can only, yeah. you know, you, you can only, you can condemn it. Uh, you can not engage in it. Um, uh, it makes it worse. It makes it harder to do when you don't particularly like the person they're talking about um, and, and you share the, the homophobe or the bigot's opinion of them but not based on race. You know, you just don't like that person. Um, and it makes it harder to disagree with them. So it's like, Hey man, you know, you can, you know, I, I, I happen to share your opinion, but not because he's black or because he's gay. It's just because of, of these personal traits or qualities. Um, and makes it harder to do that. Yeah. But, but, you should still do it. You should still have the moral courage to say, you know, regardless of what you think about this person's abilities as a, a dispatcher or a paramedic or, a, or an EMT or a manager or a coworker, regardless of what you think about their their personal character, um, their sexuality, and their color, and, and anything else has nothing to do with it. It's about who they are right. as a person. Um, but here's the thing as well, Kelly.
1: I think that there is. I think that there are things that we think are innocent. That are really precipitating the don't. problem, yeah. exactly. You know, so if we tell a, a you know a, a joke, or if we say you know well, you know if if we're trying to be funny with something that we've heard, we're still being hurtful. You know, one yeah. of the things, the lessons that I had was, I was I grew up in New York City. And it was a rough area to grow. It was really rough living in, in New York. And, you know, I had to learn a bunch of street smarts. I had to learn how to fight and, you mm-hmm. know, pr- protect myself and so on and so forth. I never wanted to raise my kids there, but I never wanted to take the education away of growing up there. But one yeah. of the lessons that I had very early or very early on was, um, I was, I was talking bad about, um, uh, a, a guy from a, a rival neighborhood, and, and it was all neighborhood-based. You didn't come into our neighborhood yeah. kind of thing, right? And he was openly homosexual at the time. And I was being very disparaging about him, and, and I was talking and, and you know, really kind of hateful things. And it was funny because one of the girls that were hanging out in our group said to me, you know, um, one of the guys that hung out in our group, you know, he's he's gay. And I said, No, I didn't know that. And he goes, and he's very, very hurt that you feel the way you feel. And you know, I was just mm-hmm. trying to be a, a bully. I was just trying to be, a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a tough kid. And what I had done was, is I had really um, hurt one of my closest friends that I had no idea. And she said to me, you're the reason that people can't live openly. Yeah. And that hit me. Pretty shaming moment, moment. isn't it? I I, got to tell you what, I mean, and I must have been, what, 16 or 17 years old, Mm -hmm. but that still hit me like a a ton of bricks for somebody to say, you're the reason people can't live their lives openly. And uh, even today, Kelly, as I talk about it, I've got goosebumps now that are on my own because I was, uh, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, you hated the person who you were when you were younger. Uh, you don't think about that words hurt. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones,
0: but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, names will never hurt me. Uh, they hurt. Yeah, they did. And, you know, in, in the last few years, uh, I've had several closeted friends come out to me. Uh, uh, they haven't told their families. They haven't told anyone else uh, but me that they were gay. And... um you know, it's kind of a, a mixed uh, reaction because uh, I'm, I'm proud that they trusted me to to share with me their, you know, who they really are. Um, and and I'm still proud to know them. But it's also, you know, terribly shaming for me to, to know that I've known these people and considered them close friends for 20 years. And it took 20 years for them to be able to trust me with their with who they really are um it makes you question you know what kind of a man am i and what kind of friend am i that the message i've been sending all along uh the message i've been sending for 20 years is is i won't accept you anymore as a friend if you share this with me um that's that's pretty shaming to put a point on it and uh you know, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I try to learn from that and say, look, you know, I, I uh, uh, my friends are my friends um, and, and I don't care uh, about anything but the fact that you're my friend and, and, and we share these commonalities. Uh, and if you happen to be gay or black or Hispanic or, or Jewish or atheist or whatever, um, the overriding principle is that you're my friend and, and I try to only be friends with good people. Uh, and and that's it in a nutshell. Um, I try to be friends with good people, uh, and and that is the overriding uh, characteristic of them all. If we if we all thought about uh, other people that way, uh, world would be a different place. Really would.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the things that we have to be able to do is we've got to be able to make certain that you know we as EMS providers, you know, we should be there on what could be the worst day of somebody's life and we've got to be able to see people as people but more importantly the people that sit 18 inches away from us in those ambulances indeed they are they are people you know they regardless they may be democrat and you're republican they may be atheist and you're a baptist they may be white and you're black they're people and they have a heart and they have and we've got to start seeing people for people and until we do that um we're just gonna be making uh we're just gonna be precipitating, you know, um well they were killed because they were gay, they were killed because they were yeah. black. And, and we've gotta stop doing it as a society. Yeah,
0: we need to stop othering people, uh and um and and practicing brotherhood, uh the brotherhood of man. Um and and before we close, I'd like to uh, I'd like to send out a message to our our uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, and questioning members, uh, our our listeners. Um, I am am a part of the uh, of the uh, Blazing Sword Project, and this is a project that came about uh, immediately after the Orlando shooting, uh, in which uh, gun owners and, and Second Amendment advocates. Uh, I have pledged that uh, if you are gay, lesbian, trans, whatever, and you would like to learn how to defend yourself, we will teach you. We will teach you uh, how, to, how to shop for a weapon if you should need one, uh, how to handle it safely, teach you basic marksmanship and, put you, and, and safe gun handling, and put you in touch with, with people who can get you your concealed carry uh, courses and permits and give you the opportunity uh, and the means to defend yourself. Uh, without questioning, without judgment, uh, without trying to convert you or proselytize to you, uh, everyone has the right to defend themselves. Uh, and, and as Orlando clearly uh, demonstrated, uh, we can't rely on others to do it for us. So if you are, are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or trans, uh, and you live in Louisiana or southeast Texas, hit me up. And, and we'll go to the range and, and I'll show you what it takes to, uh, to at least have the means to defend yourself but hey, that's, that's what I think that's what I'm doing uh, we'd like to hear what you think so email us at the show at ems1.com and for myself and co-host Chris Cibillero thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS we offer our prayers and support to the family and, and victims of the Orlando shooting and that's all for this week Thanks for tuning in. Catch you guys next week.